The Torah content for this week has been sponsored by Judah and Naomi Dardik in honor of Rabbi Moskowitz's second yard site and in appreciation for all those whose love of Torah and excitement for ideas shines in their teaching. Okay, so this is the first session of the Tefillah here. Um, so uh, two logistics points. One is that on Wednesdays, I have to leave like exactly at nine o'clock. Uh, whereas on Thursdays, I'm going to be here like for longer than that. So uh, we'll, we'll try to wrap it up by then. But otherwise, I can hang around for questions. The other thing is, uh, oh, I, the other point is that I have, I started this five minute Kavana series uh, on YouTube. And I wanted to explain the relationship between this year and that year. So I started that off with um, uh, examining the phrase Baruch Hashem. So that's a good place to start. And that's really like, um, I would start this year with that, but since I'm so far into that on the series, I figure guys who want to understand what Baruch Hashem is can just watch the videos, but then we're going to start a new thing. And what's going to happen is this is going to be the, the, like, uh, the, the learning workshop, which produces material for that YouTube series. So we're going to be learning through stuff together. Um, and then I'm going to convert that into five minute videos. Okay. Um, and, uh, and right now I've prepared this ahead of time, but we're going to probably get to a point where I'm learning it along with the guys here. Okay. So that's the, that's the plan. Um, okay. So for starters, I figured, so this is a tefillish year, but like I got really into brachos over the summer. So we're going to start with brachos hashachar. And your first trick question, that's a double trick question is what is the first one of the brachos hashachar? And it's a double trick question. So there's like two false answers. Josh is shaking his head. Uh, at this point, the fact that it's a double trick question, I, I got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the, the, the first trick answer. The first trick answer, uh, or the, I mean, the first answer to avoid the first trick is there is no first because there's no order to the brachos or shachar. Right. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, and we're going to probably get into that later on. Um, but that itself is a trick answer because there is one that has to come first. And it's a trick because the first of the brachos of shachar is not in the morning. <laughs> That's your hint. Any, any guesses as to what it is? Okay, so open up the Rambam in Sefer Ahava to the seventh parak. Uh, Josh, if you have a Ramam there, actually, what I'm going to actually Yeah, just... I have a Ramam. I have a Ramam. Okay, sure. I'll just lay on the screen anyway, because uh, for the people at home, I mean, the people at home other than Josh. Uh, okay, let's see here. So, Sefer Ava, um, Hilchus Tefillah, Perik Zion. Okay. Uh, hold on just one second here. I'm going to make sure I'm sharing the right screen. Um, okay, so he starts off. Um, he starts off with Kishitiknu Chachamim Divrei Tefilos Elu. So when the Chachamim established these Tefilos, Tiknu. Uh, oh, and just basic information here, right? Uh, who created the Tefilos? Ezra and his basin, right? Ezra and the Anshik So, when they created these uh, matters of tefillah, 
Tiknu brachos acheres levarech osan b'chol yom. They they establish other brachos that you say every day. Ve'iluhin, and these are they. Kishi yikanes adam lemitaso lishon balayla mevarech baruch hatashem elkei machalam hamapil chevle sheina al enai, etc. So when a person enters to his bed to go to sleep at night, then he should make the, the brach of Hamapio. So Hamapio is the first of the brachos of Shachar, okay? And it's weird because, well, I mean, it's weird for obvious reasons. Why is that weird? Sleep. It's before he goes to sleep, right? It's not in the morning. Now he doesn't call it brachos of shakar, and in fact, that's a term. I don't know who first used that term, but it's the first of the brachos of the day because you'll see that from here on he goes in order. And just to reinforce this point, um, I'm just going to show this on the screen here. So the uh, there's a Ramam sitter, okay, and you open up page one, and it's Hamapiel. Okay, so it's actually, uh, you know, it actually is functionally the first one in the sitter. And then if you look at the Mafarshim on Tefillah, like the Abu the, uh, he also puts the Hamapiel first. He says, I'm going to explain all the brachos now, and then he starts off with Hamapiel. So I figure for, since we're doing brachos or shahar, let's start off with Hamapiel. Okay, and I have a, a handy dandy source sheet. So what we're going to start off with is, um, we're going to start, oh, and then this is where Josh reminds me to put the source sheet. We're up to the handy dandy source sheet. Thank you, thank you. Good, all right, so... Good, good man. Okay, so I figure what we'll start with today is the um, the translations, uh, and uh, I don't know who, in terms of people who are watching or participating here, uh, who is familiar with my my method of tefillah. Uh, I have a five uh, a five minute video on that also. So uh, my method of tefillah is called the M method, uh, which is the six M's, which is milim, um, mikra, mefarshin, mesora. Mind and meaning. <laughs> okay. And um, the first step is milim, which is just translated. And what I like to do is because we don't know, um, because there are different versions of tefillah, then uh, I like to compare several different nuschavs, uh, uh, different, different versions. Um, and what I start off with is I compare, if it's stated in the Gemara, I start with that. But then I like to compare Nusach Ashkenaz with Nusach Rambam. Uh, and the reason for that is we're most familiar with Nusach Ashkenaz, but Nusach Rambam is an older Nusach that is reliable and, you know, is uh, authoritative in terms of, um, of the version that we have is, uh, that we're going to be using is signed off by the Rambam himself. Like he actually read the, that particular manuscript and signed it saying, this is what I hold is correct. Uh, and so that'd be a good starting point. And as we do the Mepharshim, we'll see why they're, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll scrutinize differences. But just basic facts here. Why are there different Nuschaos? Um, I'm assuming just the Messiah got forgotten words, you know? Okay. Do you know why that, or do you know how? Like you're correct. There's no printing press, you know? Right. Okay. More, more than just no printing press, it was actually, uh, Josh, do you, do you know? No? Okay. So, um, the Antigonus Hagadola created the Nusach Tefillah at the beginning of Bayasheni, okay, uh, which is in around like 5th century BCE. And the text of the Tefillos was part of Torsh Peh until the first sitter was written. And anyone know who wrote the first sitter down? No? Rav Amram Gaon. So Rav Amram Gaon was in the 9th century. Okay, so we're talking a good like 1300 years ish, maybe, you know, more, I don't know my exact dates, that the sitter was entirely by memory. And therefore, it, and that's why it was, uh, hey, Zeph, uh, that's why it was uh, um, lost and subject to changes. Here's a source sheet. 
uh, you can catch up on the first part later. We're starting with Brachos, with Hamapiel because it's the first of the Brachos Shahar, even though you say it at night. Okay. According to the Rangam. Yeah. Okay. And what we're doing today is we're going to just go over the translations uh, and compare the different versions of the Bracha. Cool. Okay, good. Okay. So let us start off. Okay. And I think what I'm going to do, I've decided, I think like the model for translation here is uh, I'm going to read and translate unless I want to call attention to a subtle translation and then I'll ask you guys to translate. I think it'll just be more efficient that way. So you see at the top, the Gemara actually gives us a new stuff of the Bracha. It says, one who enters to sleep on his bed. Now pause there for one second. Okay. Um, so uh, we, we, this is not intended as a halacha shir, but we kind of have to confront the halachos at certain points just to understand the text. So do you know, like, so like, that phrase, Hanifnas Lishon Almitaso, Omer, uh, you know, Omer, and he's going to say the bracha. When do you say this bracha and when do you not say this bracha? You don't say it when you're laying down in the. Uh, okay, so that's that's interesting, right? So you're, you're getting that from the Nichnas part? Nichnas, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually a, a separate question of like the, the postures and scenarios that you're in when you say the bracha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other uh, any other observations or uh, guesses or insights? Not right before you go to sleep. Not like the second before you. Right. Go to sleep. So this does imply, I guess, that it's really upon entry to bed. But yeah. like, if you're in bed doing other things, then you don't uh, say the bracha right before you go to sleep. You say it when you enter bed. Right. 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 That part is another halakha that is like a minefield. You know, um, you do not say this when you go to uh, when you just go to sleep. Like, um, like if you were to doze off, like, uh, you know, like, uh, on a subway or something like that, you wouldn't say it. it's not a bracha on sleep per se. It's a bracha that you say on going to sleep in your bed question of whether it's like davka your bed. Not sure about that. Um, but, uh, but people, you know, the post can do raise the question of like, you know, if you sleep during the day, does that count? Or is it specifically Belila? Like the Raman we just read, I believe said Belila, you know? Um, okay. So that's, uh, um, Personal question, not to get into your halakhic business, but just in terms of fishing for shitos. Do you guys say this bracha? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I heard that there is a minhag that some people have to not say it. Uh, and there are reasons for that also. Do you know what the reasons are for not saying it? You might not fall asleep. Yeah, so people, there, there are people who say that that, um, that if you if it's possible that you're not going to fall asleep or if it's possible that you're going to talk and interrupt, mm-hmm. then you, you refrain from saying it. And then somehow that became a thing. Uh, to, to not say it. So my Rebbe always framed it as it's a bracha on trying to go to sleep. Yeah, right, right. That's exactly, uh, that, that's how I uh, understand it also. And the Arch Shulchan does say that um, that if you are, you go to bed with the intention to go to sleep, you should say the bracha. And even if you don't fall asleep, that's not really your problem. Kind of like, I mean, he doesn't use this analogy, but it's analogous to uh, if, you, you know, the bracha that you say when you search for chametz, it's not like you have to find chametz. It's a bracha on the search. I mean, it's it's not exactly analogous, yeah. but it's reminiscent of. Okay, so he says, "Omer Shema Yisrael Ad Vehayayim Shemala." So that's what we call Kriyas Shema Almita. We're not really going to plan on getting into that right now. Okay, Vilmer Baruch Hamapil Chavle Shena Al Enai. All right, that's our first translation question. How do you translate Hamapil Chavle Shena Al Enai? Wait, before we get there, yeah. it seems like you say Shema before. Oh, this is another Machlokas, right. Machlokas, whether you say Shema and then Hamapil or or uh-huh. the other way around. I, Ramam holds you say Hamapil then Shema. Um, and I think the majority opinion is you say Shema then Hamapil. Um, oh, really? I think that's the majority opinion. Uh, I have not looked that's into that recently. Principle. Yeah, yeah. Shema first. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, and there are reasons for both. Like for the, the I think the main thing for saying Hamapil uh as the last thing you say before you go to sleep, 
Yeah. Anyone know? Oh, because it's connected to Elokai. Right. There are so there's a uh, uh, the next bracha we're going to plan to do is Elokai Neshama, and uh, the big problem with that bracha is it doesn't open with Baruch. Right. Uh, and it does end with Baruch, which implies it's a bracha smukha lachaverta. And the question is, it's not smukha lachaverta because there's no bracha that comes before it. So the two options that people give are uh, either that it's samuch to asher yatsar, that you say asher yatsar first and then elkain shema, which works for the modern practice of saying all the brachas in a certain order. But not for the Ramam and not for the Gemara, because in the Gemara you say elkain shema as soon as you wake up. Um, and so there are those who theorize, I think this is also the rush who says that, um, that it's smucha to hamapiel. So you say hamapiel when you go to sleep. And then the next bracha you say is elokai. A little weird that you're sleeping in between that's not a hefsake in any way, but, uh, uh, so that, that's one, one opinion why you put hamapiel, uh, last. There are other ways around the question also. Like there are those who say that elokai nishma doesn't have to start with baruch because it's a birkas hoda'a. And there's, there is a genre of, long brachos hoda'a that don't start with barach and only end with barach, like the uh, bracha on uh, on rain, which we don't say very often. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, good question. Okay, so how do you translate hamapil chavle shina? To bring down the something of my eyes. Oh, yeah, so hamapil is to literally to cause to fall, right? Yeah, so chavle or chavel? Oh. Uh, if you just heard the word Hevel, uh, yeah, rope is one, right? Uh, bonds, I think is, I think that's how our score translates the bonds of sleep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, if you want to just cheat for one second, I mean, we're not cheat, but we're, we're skipping ahead a little bit. If you look down to the Abudiram at the bottom, he gives two interpretations. Okay. He says, um, and we're just doing this now for the sake of, um, and, you know, I'll just summarize a ball pad here. Okay. Chivle can be portions, like uh, you shouldn't do mitzvahs, chavilos, chavilos, like in bundles. And uh, are you familiar with the phrase chivle yoleda? No. So um, uh, birth pangs or travails or spasms. Okay. So either spasms of sleep, bonds of sleep, or bundles of sleep. Either way, very weird. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll leave that for the time being. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, bundles of sleep or whatever uh, on my eyes. Usnuma al-apapai. And uh, slumber upon my eyelids. Okay, tnuma, you go into the whole thing about like what the difference is between tnuma and shena. And you have a working definition of tnuma? Deep sleep. Uh, so I, okay, that's that's interesting. I'll have to see if, there, if anyone says that. I'm under the impression that tardema is deep oh, sleep. Okay, okay. Tnuma, like, uh, have you heard the phrase like misnamnim? Misnamnim oh, is like, dozing off, uh-huh. you know? So I don't know if there's good English word dozingness. Okay. Okay. Well, for our purposes, we'll just treat it as synonyms until we find out otherwise. Umeir le'ishon bas ayin. Any guesses as to that? Uh, enlightening and enlightened to something else. Uh, yeah. So in uh, illuminating or enlightening the pupil of the eye. Okay. Um, I don't know the exact uh, uh, translation. I think Ishon is related to uh, blackness, um, like the Ishon Lila. Um, and Bas Ayn, daughter of the eye, is obviously an, an idiom. So the, the blackness, if, you, if I said find the daughter, the black daughter of your eye, you probably guess it's the pupil, not the other parts of the eye, right? Okay. Uh, may it be um, favorable before Hashem, before you, Hashem. Okay. Um, this is a pet peeve of mine. Uh, 
uh, our school translates it as, or actually, I don't know about our school. Some students translate it as, um, may it be your will, Hashem. Mm. Okay. And there's a subtle advantage to translating the way I did, which is, I mean, it's more accurate, but like, what's the metaphysical advantage to saying maybe favorable before you? It's less anthropomorphic. It's less anthropomorphic, right? If you say may it be your will, which we, it's not like we don't use that phrase, but if right. you say may it be your will, then you're putting emphasis on, on like God's will being affected somehow. Whereas if you say may it be favorable before you, the emphasis is on may my actions find favor before you, you know, still anthropomorphic, but less so because it's one step removed. Yeah. So, right, uncle. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, Ungolos does this a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, may it be favorable before you, Hashem, my God. That you cause me to lie down in peace, and you give me my portion in your Torah, and you accustom me uh, literally into the hands of a mitzvah, whatever that means. Don't accustom me to avera, uh, to transgression, and do not bring me to avon. Uh, and not to iniquity. Uh, do you guys have a working difference between Avera, Chet, and Avon in a vacuum? Like, obviously, these terms are used different ways in different contexts. That's to do with intent. So, Chet and Avon definitely have to do with intent. Um, Avera, I have not, Avera's not usually in, in that uh, trio, right? It usually is Chet, Avon, and Pasha. Yeah. So, Avera, I translate as transgression because I find that in most cases, Avera refers to a uh, specifically to a halachic transgression, uh, whereas chet and avon can also be expanded to things that are non-halachic. And then within that, what level of intentionality is chet versus avon? I think chet's intentional. I think avon. Yeah. <laughs> so chet, and, and here's the way to remember it. I mean, I guess, the you know what the literal meaning of uh, chata is? Like missing a mark. Missing a mark, right? Missing a target, like if you shoot an arrow. So that's unintentional. And then avon is related to the word, um, to the, according to the Sefer Hasharashim of the Radah, um, it's ayin vav tav, which means distortion, um, uh, which uh, which is intentional. Okay, that's a greater distortion. If you're acting intentionally in a wrong way, then there's a, an actual distortion in your uh, your view or your, your mind, whereas like unintentional could just be you forgot, right? You know, um, and not into uh, 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 trial or a test, and not to uh, degradation. Let the good inclination dominate me and let not the bad inclination dominate me. Save me from a bad and evil encounter. And from bad diseases. Do not let bad dreams or bad uh, thoughts, fantasies, uh, musings, um, don't let them. Uh, uh, like Behala. Like, uh, is don't let them generate anxiety or like um, confound me or uh, oh, there's got to be a better word. Gotta be a better verb. Create anxiety, I think, is a good one for now. Um, yeah. And let my bed be be perfect or complete before you. Uh, and illuminate my eyes, lest I sleep death. Okay, uh, or like our score says, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Bar- that same word, uh, so this uh, is Ishan. Uh, yeah, uh, from yeah, from uh, from the word for shame, uh, for sleep. Um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, you are the source of all blessing who illuminates the world in its entirety with his glory. Yeah. 
Okay. Any first impressions about the bracha before we read the other two uh, nuschalos? Like just things that jump out at you, questions you have. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of interesting how he starts off talking about sleep. Yeah. And then goes into the whole thing about mitzvot and yes. doing the right thing, and then goes back to sleep. Okay, good. So you you notice right away there's a thematic like uh, break in the bracha, and uh, turns out let's do a little halachic archaeology. According to the tour that middle part was added. Mm-hmm. Okay, so check out, skip down to the tour, the fourth source on the, on the source sheet in Orchaim. She says, uh, so Rav Amram, like I said, the one who first wrote the Siddur, added things. And he goes through that whole, that well, whole thing. It possibly means that Rav Amram just had more things. Uh, I believe he actually holds that Rav Amram uh, that he added it, which raises a big question. Yeah. How does he do that? How does he do that? Okay, right? How does he have the right to do that, the halakhic license? Um, what called so it's uh, if you look in the critical editions of the Gemara, then they will quote the Torah and say that that was added into the Gemara later on. Also, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, and you'll see that the uh, let's really quickly look. I mentioned on Wednesdays I have to leave like right at nine. Um, so let's just quickly look at Ashkenaz and Rambam and just note the differences between the two of them and the Gemara. So Ashkenaz says. What are the differences you notice between this and the Gemara? Uh, they had the thing at the end, Kiyata Hamir. Right. Kiyata Hamir, and, and uh, you have a halakhic intuition as to why that was added? Oh, because you have to, uh, I don't remember what it's called, the Hasima has to be the same. Exactly, right? So we have this rule that Me'en HaChasima, uh, uh, some of the Hasima Me'en HaChasima, right? I think that's the phrase. Yeah. Uh, I think that the penultimate sentence has to be in line with the theme of the bracha. So it seems like that was added, uh, or th- that's there, in order to um, to make it match uh, the end. Now, our the Gemara has a similar. I mean, it does reference sleep, but apparently, according to the sources of this news of Ashkenaz, that's not enough. You actually have to mention the illumination of the pupil, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what the bracha directly talks about. Uh, what else is different between this and the Gemara? Uh, right. So yeah, yeah. There's uh, there are little differences like that. Um, uh, Hard to know whether to read into those. Right. I mean, it takes out the whole thing about sin. Yeah, right. So it, it, it's uh, it's missing that whole thing about sin and the yitzar tov and yitzar hara. Right? So it's, it's a little shorter, a little less packed and crowded. Okay. Now look, let's look at the Rambam. Baruch uh, Hashem Elokim Melchon, Hamapil Chevle Shina Al Enai. I'm not, again, I'm not a diktuk guy, so... Um, I, uh, I just rely on what others say. And uh, apparently the, the old Temani uh, Nuskas have it as Shina, not Shina, whatever. Um, so what are the differences here? Between the, let's say between this and Ashkenaz or this and the Gemara. 
We have that line, Sami Dami Mimeno. Yes, Sami Dami Mimeno Lechaim Lashalom. That is not present in either of the other versions. Right. I guess he says that instead of uh, uh, he does have that Mitasi Shalim Lechaim Lashalom. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Yeah, you're right. So conclusion's also different. Exactly. Not Bichvodah, right? Hameir Lechol Ha'olam. And when I first noticed that, I thought to myself, like, Hameir Lechol Ha'olam if, if you just saw that phrase in isolation, what would you think it means just shot wise? Brings up the sun. Yeah, it brings up the sun, right? But then when you see Hamir Olam Kulo Bichvodo, it throws like a little wrench into that. Like, are we speaking about some sort of figurative thing? Like, when you, when you talk about Kavod Hashem, like, is that, that's like not, plain shot, not just like illuminating the, right. the, uh, the, the world, like just with light itself. Um, so that'll be a question we'll have to address. Uh, other differences? Slight differences. Yeah, slight differences, right? Like, for example, right. Um, another slight difference is uh, the Ashkenaz says Hashem Elokei Elokei Avosai. Rams is just Elokei Avosai. Here we're talking about Hashem Elokei. Right. Right, and 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 our Gemara also has that, um, which. I think that's significant. I mean, I'm not saying it has to be this way, but like, why mention the avos here anyway? Like, what does this have to do with with zechus avos? You know. Right. Um, but yeah. So what we'll do is, I think this is a good stopping point, and the plan is going to be like this. Okay. When we, uh, I guess, let this percolate in your mind when you say this bracha tonight. Think about it, and like, there's a different experience of thinking about a bracha when you're in the midst of learning it. Versus like, uh, just, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so think about it. And then the plan for tomorrow will be, I want to read through the Abu Durham in its entirety, just to get his, um, the, the big picture. And then probably next week, I mean, I don't know what, what, what the time frame is going to be. We're going to take each phrase of the bracha and try to understand the idea behind it. Yeah. And then try to understand, come up with a theory for the bracha as a whole and see how all the parts fit in. Cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good. All right. See ya. Thank you. You're welcome. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbischneeweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading, and thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.